Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Empty shells as crisis in Martinique drags on. Exxon commits 15 billion U.S. dollars to lowering emissions by 2027, but spending three times the amount in fossil fuel projects. Cayman Island Tourism Chief says not enough Caymanians to fill hospitality jobs. St. Vincent and the Grenadines get 40 million gift from World Bank and St. Martin hosts Trust Fund Steering Committee. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, December 2nd. We start our report today in Martinique. News America's report that Tuesday that empty grocery shelves at supermarkets in Martinique is now part of the new reality as a general strike and protest sparked by mandated French COVID-19 vaccine measures drags on. Food shortages on the island is adding to the tense situation that has included not just protests, but looting and shooting at police officers and journalists. The protest stems from the French government's plan to make vaccinations for healthcare workers compulsory, which have fanned a long-running grief over living standards and the relationship with Paris. Overseas Territories Minister Sebastian Lecrenu, who Paris dispatched to defuse the crisis at the weekend, said 70 gendarmes, in addition to two squadrons that were deployed from the metropolitan France unannounced, arrived to help clear roadblocks on Tuesday and restore order. Social dialogue is not possible without a sound basis, and that sound basis is the re-establishment of freedoms and our capacity to re-establish order, Lecrenu told a press conference in Martinique after meeting its leaders and trade unions. Crowder News reports that American oil giant ExxonMobil Corporation announced at the international market that it is taking action to reduce its emission output. To achieve this through to 2027, the company said it has committed $15 billion U.S. dollars in investments that will ensure a balance between projects to reduce greenhouse gas emissions from existing operations and increase investments in its low-carbon solution business. According to Crider News Report, even as ExxonMobil says it has set aside a sizable sum to lower emissions output, it is pumping over 45 billion U.S. dollars into massive fossil fuel projects during the same period. These projects are part of the oil-rich Strabrook block being led by its affiliates, Esso Exploration and Production Guyana Limited. They also include Liza Phase 1 projects project which is at 3.5 billion US dollars Deliza Phase 2 at 6 billion US dollars Pariah at 9 billion US dollars Yellowtail at over 9 billion US dollars and two more projects similar to the size of Pariah Esso Exploration and Production Guyana's limited partner Hess Corporation has said recently that Guyana should expect six oil projects by 2027 while while adding that it is not a matter of if, but when these projects will come online. But Strabo Block 
is just one aspect of the fossil fuel agenda of Exxon in Guyana. The oil major is also pursuing 24 wells evenly across Croydon and Kanje blocks, with another 12 exploration wells planned for the Strabrook block next, with a line inside of up to 10 floating production, storage, and offloading vessels in Guyana to develop approximately 10 billion barrels of oil equivalent resources in the Straybrook block. The executive officer of Hess Corporation, John, has said that his company is poised to deliver on parallel growth from the fossil fuel projects. During his recent presentation and participation in Bank of America's Global Energy Conference, he praised the economics of the Straybrook block projects as he noted that they will be generating between 3 billion to 4 billion US dollars for the company, which holds a 30% stake in the block. Has said his company is clearly positioned to deliver industry-leading cash flow growth. In this regard, he said between 2021 and 2026, the company's cash flow is forecast to increase by 25% annually. Cayman Compass reports that even with every Caymanian who has expressed an interest in working in restaurants and hotels taking up a position, there will still be 600 to 700 jobs that need to be filled in those fields as the industry gears up to receive growing numbers of visitors, the island's tourism chief said. According to the Cayman Island Tourism Association President Mark Langevin, about 50 Caymanians registered with Workforce Opportunities and Residency Cayman had indicated they would like to work in the food and beverage and hospitality industries. This leaves hundreds of jobs that would need to be filled with work permit holders, but work permits were not currently being approved. Langevin said, as he spoke at the Cayman Island Tourism Association's annual general meeting on Tuesday, November 30th. The association's vice president, Michael Tibbetts, owner of the Clearly Cayman Dive Resorts and all three islands, said that there were three main problems facing the hospitality industry in the Cayman Islands. COVID-19 regulations that bar unvaccinated children from entering Cayman air travel capacity, and a lack of staff. Tibbetts said rules that prevent children that are too young to be vaccinated from coming to the Cayman Islands means that the islands are not attractive as a holiday destination for families of young children. He added that many businesses are currently operating with a third of the staff that they would need to cater for tourists in their hotels and restaurants, noting that people who had worked in the hospitality industry, whether Caymanians or work permit holders, had settled into other jobs or sought work elsewhere. It is not likely that we can turn a switch and expect people to come back and restaff our resorts or water sports businesses and restaurants, he said. Tibbs acknowledged that the issue of hiring workers and remobilizing the hospitality industry was a politically sensitive one, adding that the Cayman Islands Tourism Association had made it a priority to hire Caymanians, holding job fairs and submitting vacancies to work opportunities and residency Cayman.
The St. Kitts Nevis Observer reports that the World Bank Board of Executive Directors approved 40 million U.S. dollars for the Volcanic Eruption Emergency Project in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. The project is also financed by a 2 million U.S. dollar grant from the European Union's Caribbean Regional Resiliency Building Facility, managed by the World Bank's Global Facility for Disaster Reduction and Recovery. In April 2021, the Lesothere volcano experienced explosive eruptions that damaged critical services, infrastructure, and agriculture, affecting the entire population of the island of St. Vincent. The eruption also resulted in significant population displacement. Approximately 22,400 people were evacuated from areas close to the volcano, many remaining in shelters for months. The natural disaster compounded the effects of COVID-19, creating financial needs estimated at 175 million U.S. dollars, 23 percent of the country's gross domestic product in 2021. The people of St. Vincent and the Grenadines have endured the twin shock of the volcanic eruption and COVID-19. The project will help the country build back better while taking into account its vulnerability to natural disasters and growing threat of climate change, said Lilia Brunswick, World Bank Country Director for Caribbean Countries. This project will support the government's effort to restore infrastructure, stimulate economic activity, and assist the most vulnerable in the population, particularly women. We hope that this project will be a catalyst for growth and strengthening the country's resilience. The Volcanic Eruption Emergency Project will support the rapid restoration of critical infrastructure damage by the volcanic eruptions. It will also improve the government's capacity to respond to future emergencies, provide temporary grants to 4,000 displaced households, and be used to implement a cash-for-work program to support the labor-intensive work of ash and debris cleaning. In April 2021, the World Bank provided 20 million U.S. dollars to St. Vincent and the Grenadines to address immediate needs, and the bank allocated a further 50 million U.S. dollars for budget support in June 2021. The Volcanic Eruption Emergency Project financing, which is from the International Development Association, is interest-free with a maturity of 40 years, including a grace period of 10 years. St. Martin Island Times reports that St. Martin's Prime Minister Silveria Jacobs and the National Recovery Program Bureau are hosting a visit of the steering committee of the St. Martin Recovery and Resilience Trust Fund from Wednesday, December 1st to Friday, December 3rd. Following the devastating effects of Hurricane Irma and Hurricane Maria in 2017, the Netherlands allocated approximately 470 million euros to help St. Martin rebuild and increase its resilience to future natural disasters. The trust fund is financed by the government of the Netherlands, managed by the World Bank and implemented by the National Recovery Program Bureau on behalf of the government of St. Martin. The steering committee is the trust fund's decision-making body, 
comprising of one representative each from St. Martin, the Netherlands, and the World Bank. The steering committee evaluates project proposals and decides on their goals, objectives, and allocated financing. The steering committee is made up of Lilia Brunswick, World Bank Director of the Caribbean, Marcel Gums of St. Martin, and Franz Weekers of the Netherlands. During its visit to St. Martin, the steering committee will be informed of the National Recovery Program Bureau about the status and progress of existing and forthcoming projects. This serves to prepare the steering committee for its next official decision-making meeting, which is scheduled for January 2022. As of December 2021, there are eight projects under implementation for a total envelope of up to 400 million U.S. dollars. These projects are the Airport Terminal Reconstruction Project, the Emergency Recovery Project, the Emergency Debris Program Project, the Emergency Income Support and Training Project, the Enterprise Support Project, the Hospital Resilience and Preparedness Project, the Resource for Community Resilience Project, and the Child Resilience and Protection Project. There are three projects in preparation for a total envelope of $50 million. These projects are the Fostering Resilience Learning Project, the Digital Government Transformation Project, and the Mental Health Project. On the request of the steering committee, the World Bank and the National Recovery Program Bureau are also preparing proposals for a potential housing project of up to $20 million. As the Project Implementation Unit of the Government of St. Martin, the National Recovery Program Bureau is working diligently to help our country be better prepared for all future disasters. While work sometimes takes longer than we hope, I am happy to see significant results that we have achieved so far, said National Recovery Program Bureau Director Clarette Connor. All of the projects implemented through the trust fund ultimately benefit the country and its people. There are still potential projects that need to be discussed and deliberated by the steering committee. The government will do everything to facilitate the trust projects as we collectively continue to build a better St. Martin for all, added Prime Minister Jacobs. My View News reports that over 5,000 shareholders of the National Bank in St. Kitts and Nevis are due to benefit from what is being called a historic dividend payment. The amount to be declared in the coming days is 20 cents per share, said the Minister of Finance, Dr. Timothy Harris, on Wednesday. The federal government of St. Kitts and Nevis is a majority shareholder of the bank, and the Minister of Finance said that this will be one of the largest payments in the bank's 50 years of operation. The finance minister said that the bank has performed well despite the current turbulent times of the COVID-19 pandemic. I should say that before June 2021, the largest profit on record for the bank was declared way back in about 2008, when the bank had made just over $113 million. It was an 
extraordinary item, and it has not been repeated. And we welcome from 2008 to 2021, and the bank has done extremely well, surpassing that record. For the financial year ending June 30, 2021, the bank, according to Harris, recorded another historic profit margin. Details of the dividend and financial performance of the bank will be provided when the annual general meeting of shareholders is held on December 16th. The St. Kitts Nevis Observer reports that a United Nations official from the Food and Agricultural Organization Tuesday announced famine in Latin America and the Caribbean has increased at a higher rate compared to other regions in the world during the COVID-19 pandemic. It is the sixth edition in which we must report bad news, said Julio Burdu Tuesday in Santiago, Chile. When releasing the 2021 Regional Overview of Food Security and Nutrition, he added that the situation has been deteriorating constantly since 2014, but it gained speed under the sanitary crisis. Hunger is one of the worst forms, the most serious of food security. But in this region, there are 267 million people who suffer from moderate and severe food insecurity, Purdue underlined, as 60 million people in 2019 alone joined the ranks of the undernourished. We must say it loud and clear, Latin America and the Caribbean are facing a critical situation in terms of food security. There has been almost a 79% hike in the number of people living in hunger from 2014 to 2020. Food security deteriorated 9% between 2019 and 2020 throughout Latin America and the Caribbean. No other region comes close to it, Burdu pointed out, not even the poorest like Africa. Burdu also highlighted the private sector was key to finding solutions to this problem because there cannot be positive action without a change in productive strategies where agri-food businesses are essential. Governments have to conduct the policies that provide the framework for this turn, he said, as he highlighted Chile's performance in this regard. But beyond nice words, the truth remains that the number of hungry people in Latin America and the Caribbean has risen by 30 percent since 2019 to reach its highest level in 15 years. More than 59 million people across the region currently are not getting enough to eat, an increase of 13.8 million people in just one year, according to the UN agencies. And finally, Antigua Newsroom reports that Elaine Thompson-Hera of Jamaica was named the World's Athletic Female Athlete of the Year in a virtual award ceremony. The triple Olympic gold medalist is Jamaica's third recipient of the award, following Merlene Audie and Shelley Ann Fraser-Price. This was the sprinter's third nomination for the prestigious award. She became the first woman since Florence Griffin Joyner in in 1988 to win gold in the 100-meter, 200-meter, and 400-meter in the same Olympics. 
This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, December 2nd. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, now Meta.